Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey today. Well, this is a new month, and on Fridays, we like to kind of put all the Fridays together in a little mini-series. And so for this month, the month of June, we want to talk about this idea of compassion. And we want to focus upon the question, does Jesus care? And that's going to lead to another question, do we care as well? And as we kind of launch into this, we'll kind of talk about some background stuff today. And then we're going to look at Jesus and some things that he did to show this. But that's a question a lot of people have. They ask that question, you know, when when the sun is shining and there's health in the body and money in the pocket and things are going well, you, you know, you don't think those questions. But it's when the storms are coming and they seem to last a lot longer than you thought and the darkness around you just scares you and you begin to wonder, uh, does Jesus care? You know, and sometimes we wonder, well, did I take a wrong turn somewhere? Because look at my life and look at all the hardships and all the, all the headaches we are going through. Uh, we, we know what, even within our church family, we have some young folks who are suffering with cancer. We've had some folks who've had uh, parents who've had uh, car accidents and, and serious surgeries. We've had people who've gone through all kinds of different issues. And, and so it's kind of t- those kind of things that bring up this question. And so this month, we want to spend some time and look at that. Does Jesus care? And then do we care? And one of the first places that this is going to take us to, of course, is one of our hymns. We think about that wonderful hymn, Does Jesus Care? So Jason's going to kind of walk through this hymn with us just a little bit. Yeah, it was written 120 years ago, and any time... God's people are still singing something 120 years later. There's there's something here worth remembering, right? It was written by a man in 1901 named Frank Grafe, and the first three verses really ask a variety of questions revolving around our theme for the month, and then, of course, the chorus leads us into some triumphant reminders. And so let me just read these lyrics to you. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? Mirth is happiness, laughter, just visibly having a a, a good time. As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me, and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Is it aught, we would say, is it anything to him, does he see? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary, the long night dreary, I know my Savior cares. What's interesting is two different occasions in the Gospels that very question is asked of Jesus. 
In Mark chapter 4, when the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is asleep in the boat, and there's a massive storm. I'm sure they do all that they can, but things are not looking good. And so they wake Jesus up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I've always found that that, that statement was interesting. They did not say, Jesus, can you stop this? Jesus, have you seen something like this? Is this greater than you are, Jesus? Hey, Jesus, do something. But they said, do you not care? That sounds a lot like the second verse of the hymn. Does he care when my way is dark with a nameless dread and fear as the daylight fades into deep night shades? That's what those men were experiencing, right? You said there's a second time this a is asked. A second time this question is asked is in a home. It takes place in Luke chapter 10 when Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. The apostles are there. Martha's in there cooking up a whole bunch of food for them, and she's all bothered by her sister. She finally interrupts Jesus and says, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Do you not care? care. That sounds a lot like the first verse, right? Where my heart is weighed down, pressed by burdens, and there are cares that distress me, and I'm I'm growing weary. The way is long. We know the third verse of the hymn talks about when our hearts are broken, maybe by death, and, and the words aren't necessarily asked, but that verse makes me think of Mary and Martha after Lazarus has passed away, right? We hear them reasoning, Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. And so, again, there's a reason why for 120 years, God's people have been singing this. It is about, okay, when I'm weary, when I'm distressed, when the way is scary, when my heart is broken by distressing circumstances in life, does Jesus care? What a great question to explore this month. And and as the chorus rings out so loudly, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. And, and, and that, that statement right there is where we need to really kind of park it for a little bit. How do we know that Jesus cares? How does somebody know that you care? I mean, we can say those words, I, I care about you, and sometimes that's as far as it goes. And the person's left wondering, you know, had, had they woken Jesus up in that boat during that storm and said, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? And he just rode over and said, yeah, guys, I care, and then rode back over and went to sleep. Well, I don't know if he really does care. You know, that, that doesn't look like it. And so w- when you take the, about the 32,000-foot view of the Gospels and you look at some things, you notice that whenever somebody wanted Jesus, he went. Uh, the, the synagogue officials, little girl was dying. Jesus went. Jesus went here. Jesus went there. He did what others couldn't or wouldn't do. Jesus is in Samaria. Jesus, we're going to see in our series, is going to be talking to a Syrophoenician woman. There, there, there's times Jesus did that. And what's interesting is you never see him sighing, never hear him complaining. You never hear him saying, do I have to? Uh, th- those are all take away the concept of compassion. So, so before we look at one specific example, Jason, let's, let's just explore this word compassion. What, what's that mean to have, yeah. have compassion? Yeah. So it is describing something on the inside, right? A 
passion on the inside. It it doesn't stay on the inside, right? It is something that I have, I feel, I experience on the inside that causes me to act with passion for the sake of someone else. Absolutely. And so one of the ways Jesus showed this is by demonstrating his compassion. He would do things. And so For the time we have in this first episode, we want to talk about the miracle of feeding 5,000. One of the unique things about this miracle is it's found in all four of the Gospels. Aside from the events at the death and resurrection of Jesus, this is the only miracle that's in all four Gospels. That has always fascinated me. If you put all the miracles on on the table and you take out the things about the death and resurrection, because that's in all of them, you say you get one other miracle to put in all four. Men walking on water, raising (laughs) Lazarus, feeding 5,000 does not seem so impressive to us. And I've often wondered why. Why the feeding of 5,000? And and I think one reason is this is one of the miracles that directly affected the largest crowd. A lot of people saw Jesus heal somebody, but it was only the person getting healed that actually had the miracle on him. Everyone else was just spectators. In this miracle, 5,000 people, in fact, Matthew's account says 5,000 men, not counting women and children, easily 10, easily 15,000 people can say, I actually participated in that miracle. And then when we look at how it took place from especially Mark's standpoint, as Jesus would multiply the food and the 12 apostles would take them to the groups. People were sent down groups of 50 and groups of 100. This has to be one of the longest lasting miracles. Imagine being in a restaurant with 10,000 people and you got 12 waiters. That's going to take you some time, isn't it? And so, so that's kind of the backdrop to this. And so in Matthew's account, let's start with a couple verses here, and then we'll start seeing what we're talking about. In Matthew chapter 14, where Matthew writes this, it says in verse 15, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate, the hour is already late, so send the crowds away that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away, you give them something to eat. And and what we notice right away is two different ways of thinking. Disciples were thinking, just send them home. You know, it's not our problem. Jesus said, we're going to take care of them. Now, the verse I didn't read, verse 14, that leads into this, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. And so when we think about our hymn, Does Jesus Care?, we know he does because of the way he demonstrates these things. John's account of this tells us that Jesus was doing this to test the disciples. Uh, They saw the problem. They didn't know the solution. They saw that there was more people than they had food. They saw there was more people than they had money for. They saw that they were in a desolate place. They didn't know what to do. But what they didn't think about was you got Jesus. This is the one that stilled storms. This is the one that's healed the sick. He can do anything. Why didn't you just look to Jesus and say, Lord, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm so glad you're with us. You can do something. I, one of the things that I love about this miracle is 
how it reveals, maybe in subtle but powerful ways, the heart of Jesus. If we keep backing up, I mean, Roger, you've painted the scene so well for us that, okay, we've got thousands upon thousands of people who are out in the middle of nowhere. Where are they going to get something to eat? Jesus is concerned that if they go out on their own, they may faint along the way. You backed up to verse 14 of uh, of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, and we heard that essentially all day long, Jesus has been healing. And now it's evening. Can you imagine how tired Jesus would be? But even if we back up a little more, the reason Jesus is in the middle of nowhere is because he had intentionally withdrawn to a desolate place to be by himself. Why did he do that? Well, John the Baptist, his relative, the one who had prepared the way for him, has just been brutally executed. You talk about an inconvenient time, an inconvenient day, an inconvenient mindset to serve other people. There are very few days that we read about in Jesus's life that it would have been harder, I imagine, for him to serve. He has just heard about John the Baptist's death. He has intentionally withdrawn to be by himself. The crowds find him. He spends all day healing their sick. And in when it is evening, he still is so thoughtful, so sympathetic to these people that he works this incredible miracle. That is compassion. And the death of John, his cousin, it was a mirror of his own death. I mean, John was young. Jesus is young. They're they're in their 30s. People in their 30s are not supposed to die. And John's going to die violently. Jesus is going to die violently. John's going to be executed by the government. Jesus is going to be executed by the government. John died for doing what was right. Jesus is going to die for doing right. And so, and so you put all that there together and how easily Jesus could have said, I'm not having a good day. I'm just not having a good day. I just got to be by myself. Don't talk to me. Leave me alone. He didn't do it. He's surrounded by thousands and thousands of people. Their needs are upon his heart. He wants to show that he cares, and he does something. And so so as we run through this little series this month, and we talk about uh, how Jesus shows us he cares, there, there's going to be parallels for you and I. There's going to be times in our life when I just don't feel like it. There's times when I don't want to be around others. There's times when I think, you know what, I'm just not having a good day. But there's somebody who needs me, somebody that I can encourage, somebody I can give a phone call to, somebody I can send a text to. And how easily we just say, well, you know, maybe later because I'm just not having it right now. It's just I just can't do this. Uh, that's not Jesus, is it? And that crowd who went home that day with not just a cracker. Uh, the gospel account says they ate till they were satisfied. Their bellies were full. They could go home saying, Jesus cares. I know he cares. And that's a lesson for us. His heart 
is touched with my, the, the hymn says grief. In this case, it is my, my physical needs, uh, the, the needs that I, I have because of the, uh, the, the hardships that I'm going through. What a powerful, image that even though I've I've never seen him with my physical eyes I can know his heart is touched with my need. That's the way John, who of course witnessed this miracle, reasons with us in 1 John. He reminds us by this we know love. By the way the son of God conducted himself around us. And John points us ultimately to the trajectory of this whole series. Beloved, if God loved us this way, we need to learn to love others in the same way. And James put it this way in James one twenty two. but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. The hymn says, I know he cares. How? Because he showed us. James says, Prove yourselves. How do you prove it? By doing things. And so when we, we just give shallow words, well, I, you know, I, I'm thinking about you. And that's as far as it goes when we could do something, especially pray, especially try to encourage. So those are some things that, that will be put on our table. We'll be looking at deeper throughout this series. But what, what an important lesson for us to know that Maybe no one else understands what's going through your life, and maybe no one can really appreciate the depth and the pain that you feel. God does. And not only does God know it, God cares, and then God can do something. And those three elements together help us as we journey and navigate through this life. Such a good conversation that we're looking forward to throughout this month. And I would encourage you, uh, if this has been... um, a thought-provoking conversation for you. There is very little doubt in my mind that you know someone in the words of this hymn whose days have been weary, uh, whose long nights have been dreary. Maybe who is struggling with, does Jesus care? Do people around me care? Could I encourage you maybe to share this episode, this series throughout the month of June on Fridays with them. We want to be an encouragement to you. We know that Jesus, as we look at him this month, is going to be an encouragement to us. Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. Thanks to those of you who take the time to share. I I read to Roger just before we recorded this episode, such a kind message from someone listening in Alberta, Canada, who had recently been helped by our series on the prodigal son. You have no idea how much it encourages us when you let us know that you care about these efforts and you're being helped by them. And so thank you. We hope this episode has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.